Father, we love you. And God, we're just so grateful for your presence here with us in this place today. And Father, right now, we just open our hearts wide to you. God, we lay aside distractions. We lay aside the things weighing on our minds that we've got to do later in the day. God, right now, we just set all that aside and we fix our attention and our focus on you. And Father, right now, I am asking that you, by your spirit, would speak to each and every woman in this place, God. And Father, I pray that every one of us would have a greater revelation of you, of your love for us, and how much you value us, God. Speak to our hearts today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. All right. Ladies, do you realize that you are incredibly valuable? Every single one of you. There is not one person in this room who is more valuable than another. Do you know that? Every single one of you is of utmost value to God. Every one of you is so valuable. And today, as we just continue in our series that we're doing this season, The She Adventure, today we are talking about she, who is that wise woman from Proverbs, and our title today is She Recognizes Her Worth is Indescribable. Ladies, your worth is beyond human words. Your worth is indescribable. We have got to get good at believing that, really recognizing that truth, or we will never be that woman who builds wisdom into our life. And last week, as we shared the introduction into this she adventure and talked about the fact that she is the wise woman in Proverbs, and we're going to be pulling out all different nuggets as we go forward in the coming weeks, all different nuggets from the book of Proverbs, seeing how she builds her life. How does she become that wise woman? But see, we've got to get really good at understanding our value first, because if we don't recognize that we are incredibly valuable to God, we will never be that woman that builds our life on wisdom because we won't see the importance of it. We won't recognize that it's something we need to do to be able to fulfill the life God created us to live. So we've got to get good at recognizing our value. And last week we talked about some key scriptures that this series of teachings is going to be based on or is based on. And one of those verses that we looked at was Proverbs 14.1. And we spent some time last week talking about this, but it said, Every wise woman builds her house but the foolish one tears it down with her own hands. And by the way, those of you who are new with us this morning, many of the verses that I'll be reading on our Tuesday mornings are from the Amplified Version. I love the Amplified Bible. It is the women's Bible, you know, because it says everything with more words, and, <laughs> as we do. But I love the Amplified Bible because it's just not just more words. It digs out more of the meaning from the original writings. And so a lot of the verses we'll be sharing will be from the Amplified. But as I said, it, Proverbs 14.1 reads, Every wise woman builds her house, but the foolish one tears it down with her own hands. And we've got to be women 
who consciously and continuously build wisdom into our lives. Because if we're not making a conscious effort to do that, if we think, well, I'm not building or tearing down, I'm doing nothing, nothing actually ends up tearing down. So we've got to be women who will make a conscious effort to build that wisdom into our lives. And so today as we go forward, I really feel like the next layer to that is we have got to get good at understanding our value. We've really got to recognize, believe, and accept our God-given value. God sees every single one of us as incredibly valuable beyond human description. God sees you as incredibly valuable. And he created every single one of us to be that wise woman. So that's who he sees when he sees you. That's how he sees you. He sees you as this wise woman whose life is flourishing because that's who he created you to be. We need to be women that really grab a hold of that truth. And if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 31. I love Proverbs 31. It's the chick chapter. It talks all about us as women. I believe it's the blueprint for our lives as women. And in the coming weeks, we will look at different verses out of this chapter. But today, I want us just to look at verse 10. And it says, a capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman. Who is he who can find her? She is far more precious than jewels, and her value is far above rubies or pearls. Your translation might talk about the virtuous wife. That word wife in the original writings, it literally means a woman. So if you're here and you're not married, you can't say, oh, this doesn't apply to me. No, this applies to everyone. Married, single, young, more mature, from every background, every walk of life, this applies to every woman. And this is talking about this capable, intelligent, virtuous woman. This is a woman whose life is built on wisdom, and her value is indescribable. What do you think of when you think of the word virtuous? The virtuous woman. Do you think of that woman that's so sweet and meek and in the corner praying with the little bun in her hair? Is that what you think of? Let me tell you what the definition of virtuous is. When you dig out in the original writing, it's so incredible. Virtuous, it literally means a force of people wealth and resources. Remember last week we talked about the importance of we've got to be connected. We can't be isolated. Wise women are not isolated. He, all through this definition, which is a little bit lengthy, it talks about her being part of something bigger than herself, being connected with others. A force of people, wealth and resources, a source of strength or ability within oneself inner resources, something ready for use and available as needed. It means to be resourceful. It means an army, virtue, general moral excellence, goodness of character, 
It means to be effective and powerful, especially healing power as of a medicine. Our lives are to bring healing to others that we encounter. Our lives are to be like a medicine to people that we encounter. How cool is that? It also means, I love this one, to do what has to be done as if one really wanted to. Not the one that's dragging our heels and, oh, if I have to. No, that's ready to jump in and do what has to be done as if we really wanted to. <clears throat> it means valor, great courage and bravery. <clears throat> Excuse me. It means strength, able and active, a band of soldiers, a great company, a host, might, power, substance, valiant, warlike, and worthy. What a definition. That's what the virtuous woman is. That's who God created every one of us to be, <clears throat> individually and then collectively, being that band of soldiers, that force of women on the earth who will rise up, do whatever it takes, do what has to be done with great courage and bravery. Women who recognize our worth and accomplish much for our God. Amen? <clears throat> That's who God created us to be. And Proverbs 31, it continues, and it, it talks more about this woman. And like I said, I just believe this chapter is like the blueprint for our lives as godly women. And we will be talking more about this chapter in the coming weeks. But I wanted us to take a look at this verse today, verse 10, to see this is a picture of a woman who allows her life to be built on wisdom. This is, will be the result. We will be this virtuous woman. We will be that woman full of strength, bravery, courage, recognizing our worth when we build wisdom into our lives. And it says, who can find her? Did you notice that when we read the verse? Who can find her? It's not like... Who can find her? That would be impossible. No, 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 no. It's not saying that at all. It's like, who can find her? Who will be willing to unleash her because she dwells in every one of us as women? This amazing, virtuous woman is in every chair in this room this morning. Are we willing to find her within us? Are we willing to unleash her within us and get rid of any baggage or anything that might be heaped up on top of her, hiding her in there, and let her loose to accomplish much for the kingdom of God. And then it says that her worth is far above rubies. That reminds me of another one of our key scriptures we read last week in Proverbs 8:11. It said, for skillful and godly wisdom is better than rubies or pearls, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Nothing can be compared to a life built on wisdom. Have you ever read those verses and recognized that it says rubies? And thought, why, do, why does it say rubies? No, why not diamonds? Has anyone else ever thought that? I've thought that. <laughs> and uh, I thought, there's got to be something here I am missing. So I got on the internet and started Googling rubies to see what is the deal here. Because uh, the rubies I've seen have not been as expensive as diamonds. So I want to know what's going on. And so this is what I found out. The most valuable gem of all, 
above any other gem is the fiery red ruby. There are different classifications of rubies, all different types of rubies. But this is what it said. The very finest, top quality ruby is so rare that it has been the world's most valued gemstone for thousands of years. In fact, even today, flawless top quality rubies are more valuable and rare than top quality colorless diamonds. Wow, you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> I didn't know that either. So that's what I said when I got on the computer. I'm like, wow, that's pretty amazing to me that that's in the word of God, that God knew that. All this time ago when the Bible was written, he knew that. I didn't know it, and apparently some of you didn't know it. But, but God is saying our worth is even greater than that. How cool. God values our lives so very, very, very much. And since recognizing our value, really, really grabbing a hold of it, and understanding that, since that is so critical and foundational to this study that we're doing on being women who build wisdom into our life, we are going to take today and just spend time to really get this foundational truth into our spirits. And so before we start really digging out nuggets of wisdom from Proverbs, which we will be doing next week and in the coming weeks, today I really feel like we need to spend some time and talk about this issue of our value. Because some of you in this place today, it has been an ongoing issue for you, battling the question of your worth and your value. And I believe our Father in heaven is wanting to settle that issue today, wanting you to know that you are of incredible value, indescribable value to him and to his plans on this earth. So we're going to go back to the beginning. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you open them to Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis 1, in the New King James translation, it says, Then God said, I'm sorry, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man. And before we go any further, I want you to know that that word man, it's not talking about the male gender. It's talking about humankind. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. We were created in the exact image of God. You were created in the image of God. What is an image? It's an exact mirrored reflection. That's literally what it means. An exact mirrored reflection. You are created to be an exact mirrored reflection of God. And his intent is that our lives would reflect him, would reveal him to others. 
And then it continues, and it says in verse 28, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Two things I want us to notice in this verse. First of all, it says God blessed them. And if you've been around New Covenant for any length of time at all, you may have heard Gary teach this, that that word blessed, it's the same word that's used when it said that man blesses God. Now it's not saying that God worshiped man, but it literally means to kneel. And so what it's saying is that when God created us, mankind, that he looked and he knelt in awe looking at his creation because of what he saw in us. He looked and he saw himself. That's what he sees in you. He looked at creation and he knelt to value you because he was in awe of the incredible value because he saw himself. God values you so very, very much. He sees himself in you. And then it says that he created us. He saw such incredible value. And then he told us to be fruitful and multiply. You see, God's plan is that humanity, his original plan was that humanity would see more of God when we look at each other. And that we'd learn more about God as we look at each other. And that was the original intent from generation to generation all throughout time that people would know more of God and learn more about God by seeing each other's lives. And he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth with my image, with my nature, with my reflection so you can learn more about God. But before mankind even had a chance to reproduce, what happened? They made a choice because God loved us so much that he gave us each a will. They made a choice that allowed sin to enter the world. And then what happened to that image of God that we were reflecting. That image became distorted. And then man began to replenish the earth with what? A distorted image of God, exactly. And so man, looking at each other, humankind throughout the ages, we can't always necessarily see exactly what God is like by looking at each other, unfortunately. But God, when he looked at us, he still saw himself. He still saw his reflection in us. No matter what choices we made along the way, no matter what sin there was, he looked and he still saw himself. 
and he knew our incredible value and that potential that lies within us, every single one of us. And he knew that we were still the answer. We were still his plan on this earth, that we would reveal his nature, his reflection, his fullness to each other so that others would be drawn to him. And, but that sin separated us from him. But he had a plan of redemption. And so he sent Jesus to this earth because he valued us so very much. And so he sent Jesus to earth, and Jesus came in flesh and blood to this earth and walked on this earth and became that example to show us how, to show us how to live, to show us how to be that reflection. Jesus came as the visible image of the invisible God on the earth. That's what we were supposed to be. That was God's original intention for us. But he sent Jesus to make that possible again. So Jesus gave us that example. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's God's intention for us, that when people see us, they would see the Father. And so Jesus came to earth and he gave us that example. And then as part of that plan of redemption, he went to that cross of Calvary where he took all of our sin, everything, everything that any one of us have ever done, all of humanity, anything that we've ever done or could even think of doing, he took it upon himself. He took the punishment upon himself on that cross of Calvary. He took all of our sin. He took all of the shame all of the guilt and condemnation on that cross of Calvary. He took all rejection upon himself. Did you ever stop to think about that? Jesus endured the most unbelievable rejection on that cross of Calvary so that we could be free from rejection. He endured the most horrific abuse on that cross of Calvary so that we could be free from the effects of abuse in our lives. He took it all, everything that could distort his image from being reflected through our lives. He paid the price for it once and for all. He died a brutal death. But then the Bible says that he was raised from the dead. He rose three days later. He ascended to heaven. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father where he is ever interceding for us. That means he's praying for us. He's praying for every one of us that we will get it. That we will recognize what he's done. That we won't keep holding on to the shame and the guilt and the past and all of the stuff. That we'll recognize that this is the truth of what he's done for us because he values us so much. He's praying for us that we'll believe what he's done for us, that we'll accept what he's done for us, that we'll come into relationship with the Father where he can flood his life through us, his original intention for us. In Romans 10:9, it tells us that all we have to do is believe. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he was raised from the dead. Believe what he did for us and confess him as the Lord of our lives. And it says that we will be saved. Saved, it 
It literally means born again, a second birth. We're born when we come onto this earth out of, as a baby in flesh and blood. But when we believe and accept what he's done for us, it's a spiritual birth. And he, he comes to live and dwell in us. And everything else is washed away. We are clean and pure in his sight. And he looks on us and he sees himself. That's his intention for us, that we would reveal him to others, that humanity would know what God is like by looking at our lives. Our lives are so incredibly valuable to him. He wants us to be the visible image of the invisible God on this earth. That's what we are. That's what he created us to be. And you might say, well, that was easy for Jesus to do when he walked on this earth because, after all, he was 100% God, even though he was in 100% flesh and blood body. But you know what? We may be in 100% flesh and blood body, but when we come into relationship with him, we have 100% of the living God dwelling on the inside of us. And there is absolutely no reason that he shouldn't shine forth through us because anything that would hinder that has already been paid for. He wants to flood himself through you. He sees you as so valuable to him and his plans on the earth. He just wants to pour his fullness, all that he is, through you so others can see him. I love Ephesians 3, 19. And in the Amplified Bible, I just want to look at the second half of that verse. It says that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That is his plan. That is his desire. He wants us to be filled through all our being, which is what happens when we're born again, when he comes and lives in us. He fills us. He fills us with his fullness, with his nature, with the richest measure of the divine presence, that we would be a body not just filled, but what does it say? Flooded with God himself. He doesn't want to just fill us. He wants to flood himself through every single one of us. Because he sees us as incredibly valuable. He sees us as valuable vessels on this earth to accomplish his plans. You are vital to the plans of God on this earth. Do you realize that? He needs you. He wants to pour and flood himself through you. He wants to reflect his image through you. That's what he created you for. It's not because of anything we have ever done or could ever do. It's only because of Jesus. And when we sit back and say, mm, I'm not worthy. I don't really think I'm worthy enough for him to do that. When we prevent him from flooding through us, we're hindering his plans. We can't be women that sit back and question our worth any longer. We can't be women that sit back and say, well, he can't use me. I've messed up. You know what? We've all messed up, but he's washed us clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus' blood was shed for every one of us. How dare we hold on to the past? How dare we hold on to the shame and condemnation 
when the highest price imaginable was paid for every one of us. And you know what? When we say, I'm not worthy, you know what we're actually doing? We're calling God a liar because he says we are because of Jesus. He paid the highest price to let us know that, to show us that, to be able to use us on the earth. I don't ever want to live a life that calls my God a liar. I don't want to live a life that hinders him from doing what he wants to do. My life this vessel is valuable to him, not because of anything I've ever done, but because of Jesus. Your life, your life, your life, every single one of you, your life is so valuable to him. You are such a valuable vessel that he is so anxious to use fully. He wants to pour himself through you. You know, we've all blown it. We've all made mistakes. In Romans 3, I love the way it says this in the Message Bible. We know this verse, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But in the Message Bible it says, Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as, of, record as sinners, both us and them, meaning those who have gone before us, all of humanity, since we've all compiled this long and sorry record as sinners and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious life God wills for us, that's true on our own. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it out of our flesh. But since we're incapable on our own, God did it for us. How awesome is that? Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be, that place of revealing himself through us. And he did it by means of Jesus Christ. That is awesome. God loves us. We've all blown it. We're not worthy because of anything that we could ever do. But the slate is wiped clean for every single one of us because of Jesus. And you know, earlier this morning when we read that definition of virtuous, do you remember part of that definition? It said worthy, being a woman who recognizes she is worthy. We can't doubt that anymore. We can't question that Jesus said we are worthy. Jesus shed his blood to cause us to be worthy vessels that God could pour through to wash away the sin, the guilt, the condemnation, all the baggage, all the stuff. He made us worthy. God says you are worthy, valuable, no matter what others have ever said about you, no matter how you've ever seen yourself. Today it's time for that picture of yourself, those thoughts you tell yourself, those thoughts the, enemies, the enemy lies to you about yourself. All of that, it's time to let it all go today and know that God says you are valuable, incredibly valuable. The God of this universe wants you to know that today, to grab a hold of it like you've never grabbed a hold of it before, to know that you're valuable 
to his plan on the earth. It's not just that you're valuable to him and, and he loves you and he loves to be in relationship with you. Yes, that is 100% true, but it goes even beyond that. You're valuable to him because you're vital to his plan on this earth. He wants to use you. He wants to pour himself in his fullness through you, through every one of us, every day, everywhere we go, unto everyone that we come in contact with. And when we refuse to recognize our worth and recognize our value, when we refuse, you know what, it's not some form of humility. It's not a godly quality. Some people think, well, it's just, you know, godly humility. And No, it's not. It's not a form of humility. All we're saying is, God, I'm sorry. No, I'm glad Jesus died on that cross for me because I want to go to heaven, but... Mm -mm. I'm not going to accept really what he did for me. I'm not going to accept that he took all my sin because I just, I feel like I should hold on to that. I feel like I should hold on to the shame because it was really bad. What kind of life is that? When God can't pour himself through us. He doesn't want us to reject what's been done. He just wants us to believe and accept what has been done for us so that he can pour himself through us because he has a plan for each and every life. It's not some random plan. I know we hear that all the time. God has a purpose for my life. God has a plan. It's not just some random plan. He doesn't look at you and say, well, you, I think you'd be good at that. That's your purpose. And you, well, you'd be good at that. That's your purpose. And well, I think you could do that. Yeah, okay, that's your purpose. No, it's not some random plan. He has a purpose for all of our lives, and it all works together to reveal himself on the earth, to draw people to him. We are vital to his plans and his purposes. We've got to recognize that he puts us strategically on this earth. You know, we are here in this 2010, <laughs> I had to stop and think about that for a minute, <laughs> at this time in history on purpose, you are in the sphere of influence with the people around you on purpose because God wants to use you there. He wants to pour himself through you to those people that you are connected to who are in your sphere of influence. And when we refuse to accept our value, we limit God from doing what he wants to do in our part of the world. He's put you there strategically. So how dare we ever say, I'm not worthy. God, use someone else. Has anyone, else, anyone said, God, use someone else today. Oh, uh, don't use me today. God, use someone else. I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. I'm not worthy. God, use someone else today. Anyone ever said that? You don't have to raise your hands. <laughs> Let's make it really elementary. For those of you moms in this place who have ever asked your child to clean their room, any moms ever asked their child to clean the room? <laughs> any moms give up on asking? No, never mind, I want to ask. <laughs> okay. Moms, when you ask your child to clean their room, if their response is, I don't want to clean my room, and they run the other direction and say to themselves, somebody else will clean my room. Mom will eventually go in and clean my room for me. How does that make you feel? Does it frustrate you? 
I think sometimes we frustrate the heart of God because we say, God, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. Use somebody else. Don't use me today. Somebody else will do it. When God's saying, sweetheart, I've put you there because I want to use you. I want to pour myself through you. Just say yes. <laughs> and when we do, our lives end up being so enriched, so blessed, so fulfilled. It's awesome what happens because when God's fullness floods through us, it impacts us. It's not just for others. Our lives are so fulfilled in the process. And when we say yes to God's plans, it, that's when we live the most fulfilling, thriving, wonderful life imaginable. Ladies, I believe every one of us, we have a responsibility to be women who will recognize our worth and our value and not question that any longer, no matter what we've ever done. No matter what's behind us, it's behind us. God doesn't see it. When we come to him in relationship, it is washed clean. And along the way, are we going to blow it again? Sure, we all do. But we just come back to him and we say, Father, I'm sorry, forgive me. And we go forward with him. You know, the enemy would like nothing more when we blow it to just keep us paralyzed with guilt and condemnation. And so he gets us over in our little corner in our pity party. Oh, I blew it so bad. I can't believe I did that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what was I thinking? And all the thoughts go and go, and I'm such a horrible person. And, you know, in the matter of three seconds, our mind can do amazing things. And we have all of these lies spinning in our mind. And as long as we stay in that spot, we're paralyzed. God cannot use us, and the enemy just won, because that's exactly what he wants. He wants us to be ineffective. But if we just come to God and say, Father, I'm sorry, forgive me, I blew it, and just pick ourselves up and get back on track with him, that's what thrills his heart. Repentance doesn't mean that we've got to cry for three days or cry 15 buckets of tears or anything like that. Repentance truly just means that we turn directions. We change directions, we recognize what we did, where we were going, and we turn and we get back on track with God. That's literally what it means. We have a responsibility to be women like that who recognize our value and are continually going forward saying yes to what God has called us to do. We do not have time to be women who are down, who are discouraged, who feel sorry for ourselves. But we need to live a life that just every day says, Father, I'm letting go of that stuff. God, what do you want to do through me today? Where are we going today? Who are we going to encourage today? Who are we going to bless today? I love these verses from Psalm 139. In the Message Bible, in verse 13, it says, and this is King David speaking, and he's talking to God, and he says, Oh, yes, you shaped me first, inside then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you are breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. Do you see what he's saying here? He's looking at himself, 
and saying, what a creation. I am marvelously made. God, I worship you. It's not an arrogant thing that, oh, I'm wonderful. No, it's God. You are wonderful for creating me. And we need to recognize that. We should be saying this every morning when we wake up and look in the mirror. We should be saying what King David said. Look in the mirror and say, wow, what a creation. How many of you said that when you looked in the mirror this morning? <laughs> we should be recognizing we are awesome creations, valuable to God and his plans on this earth. We have a great responsibility. Ladies, others are hanging in the balance. It's not about me. It's not about you. It is about God and his plans on the earth. Can you imagine what we can accomplish for him if we become that army of women, that force on the earth who willingly, daily, regularly recognize our value and walk in our God-given value, allowing him to flood through us. He will be able to accomplish so, so much. And I believe as we continue and go forward on Tuesday mornings, that's what he's doing in our lives here, this group of women here. And as we grow and increase more, we will be that army, that force of women here in our part of the world, in this Temecula Valley, making a difference for our God, revealing him to others that we come in contact with. Amen? Amen. All right.